For this episode of Coffee with Closers, I'm sitting down with Elisa Gill. She's a certified transformational leadership coach. She's also an entrepreneur, podcast host, and have a book that's about to be published. During our conversation, Lisa shared practical advice for entrepreneurs and business leaders on how to become a transformational leader, as well as why you need to build a personal brand. Stay tuned for my conversation with Lisa Gill. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Coffee with Closers, where business leaders share insights on how to build businesses from the ground up and best practices for innovating in their industry. Hey, Lisa, I'm super excited to have you join me for this episode of Coffee with Closers. Thank you. I appreciate that. Most certainly. Obviously, every entrepreneur has a story of how they overcame obstacles to become an entrepreneur. I'm sure you might have some interesting story to share. So can you share our audience a little bit about your journey of becoming an entrepreneur? Yes. Well, it was 2008, maybe 2009. I was the senior design manager for paper sources, catalog and website. And it was 2008, 2009. And uh, I was a part of a group that was let go, right? Because during that time, that's what happened to a lot of people in the creative industry, in the marketing industry. So I was let go and I thought, well, this is going to be the perfect time to start a business. <laughs> so Google was actually really friendly to me because I used a lot of SEO in my uh, website for stationary designer, um, paper source graphic designer, entrepreneur, building business, like, and that type of language through my SEO actually began to attract my first clients to my brand strategy studio step brightly. And so that was a real blessing. And uh, then I tumbled into a second career in 2015, 2016, after running the graphic design studio for quite a long time. But yeah, it's, it's been a journey for sure. So how was the transition obviously going from a creative uh, brand strategist to now being a, a, a coach uh, to entrepreneurs? How has that transition taken place? And how, how, what do you think have prepared you to be a better coach today because you've been through that exercise of being a brand strategist? Mm. Yes, well, the, it's super interesting. The first co company I worked for right out of college was called Addis, the brand essence company. And then in 2016, when I transformed my career, I now like to say that I help people find their personal essence. And so it's actually a lot in, in the way that I create my leadership coaching practice. There is a lot of design thinking and a lot of the creative process in the work I do. And then that type of thinking then floods into how does somebody develop uh, what I call your inner platform, and then your outer platform, which shows up in the form of entrepreneurship or thought leadership or personal branding. But the the shift happened for me in um, 2015, 2016. And I think this happens for many coaches, whereas it's your own personal journey, it's your own personal breakdown uh, and then you got to break through, right? Before a breakthrough comes the breakdown. So my breakdown was happening not necessarily in my business. It was actually uh, a period in my graphic design and brand strategy studio 
that was really lucrative. Um, I had great clients, but it was who I was being. I was trying to run the studio. I had a two-year-old and a four-year-old. I had stepkids. I had started a, a nonprofit community with two girlfriends. It was like, how much more can I add to my plate? And then I would take more and then I would take more and then I would take more. And I tried to do everything perfectly and everything at 125%. And then the one thing that was, of course, missing in all of it was me or any sense of who I was or who I wanted to become. I just like was really super vacant. And I remember asking my entrepreneurial group that I co-founded, which was called Fourth Chicago, I said, Hey guys, how do you get more energy legally? Ha ha ha. But really it was like this call for help. <laughs> like, help me. I need more energy to do all these things. And two people reached out and they were both uh, leadership coaches. And one said the most basic question, which was like, Lisa, how much water are you drinking? And I realized I just like had no idea. And it was the one of the most like, fundamental human things to do for yourself. And I just didn't have that in my repertoire at the time. It wasn't on my to-do list. And then the other leadership coach said, hey, Lisa, uh, you know, a lot of the same tools that you use in your branding for businesses, those kind of correspond with some of the tools that we use uh, in our transformational leadership coach uh, training. You want to come to a free workshop? And so I was like, sure, I'll go to your free workshop. I went to it and it was the most vulnerable, awkward, weird, like open conversation I ever imagined people having in public with each other in front of strangers. And so it was obviously triggering me. And uh, cause that's not how we talk in my family, right? We don't discuss feelings and vulnerability. So I, I knew that was something that I needed to dive into and explore more of. So that was the coaching program that I signed up for. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was that was the kickoff and the real like cusp of that that transformational moment in my career. So obviously you've started uh, two successful businesses. Uh, you've uh, in the process of writing a book, you're starting a podcast. Uh, there's a lot of things you've accomplished. Like you said, you have a family and you're running all of this and a nonprofit, all of those things. Of all the things you've accomplished in your career, what is the one thing that you're super proud of? Mm. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. Like now as you like you you shared all those things that I am doing, I recognized here I am doing a lot again, but I'm doing it with a different mindset. Like I'm not doing it from everything has to be perfect and organized and controlled. It's that I'm doing it from a place that it actually works for the lifestyle that I want to create for myself. So that was a big, huge shift mm-hmm. um, that I'm proud of. And, and I think that that kind of like mindset shift is something that I actually like to celebrate all the time. Like I'm a big advocate of like the small wins. So even today, Um, before we hopped on here, I was talking with a woman about potentially becoming a client and she decided to move forward and become a client, which is really exciting. That's a really big win. Like I'm really excited about that. And so I do, I literally like do like a victory motion (laughs) 
and I have this little moment of celebration. Like the tiny wins, I think, are the ones that just keep me moving forward. Mm-hmm. You kind of answered my question, but I would still ask again: What is the biggest lesson you learned in the process of building your business? Yeah, well, I guess it's going to tie back to the biggest lesson. It's the mind. It's mindset. Mm-hmm. If I had continued on that track of trying to do everything perfectly, it actually keeps you um, out of your zone of genius. So there's a book um, by Gay Hendricks called The Big Leap. It's a short book. I love it. And it's the idea that in your zone of excellence, this is everything that's gotten you to where you are today. You're successful. You've got the, you know, big bank account. Things are going well. You know how to do your job. Um, But it's actually keeping you kind of in this comfort zone of, well, this is what I know, but there's no real room for growth there in your zone of excellence. So the big leap, according to Gay Hendricks, is to move into your zone of genius. Mm -hmm. So in order to move to your zone of genius, I think the biggest lesson there and what I like to teach is that you need to break up, like completely break up with your paradox strategy, that strategy Mm -hmm. of what's gotten you to where you are today. In my case, it was perfectionism. Funny thing, I'm not perfect, right? Like, (laughs) but that's the paradox, trying to be and trying to put on that presentation. Uh, versus the mindset now where it's much more in flow, again, with that lifestyle that I want to create. So it's the shift in the space in between your zone of excellence and your zone of genius. How do you break up with one and then move forward into the other? Yeah, and I think we all entrepreneurs do struggle with the perfectionism, and I think that's one of my difficulties as well, even when creating the show or even putting out something on, on, on social media, just overthinking every you know, a sentence or whatever you might be doing, right? And even just getting things done for business, sometimes it's like, okay, I'm going to put it aside because I haven't put all my effort into making it perfect. Um, and then because of that, I think perfection is the enemy of good. At least sometimes you just don't even get things done because you're holding it off. Uh, until it's perfect, uh, which I think almost all entrepreneurs can relate to that. Mm-hmm. Or I've fallen victim to like, I've got this really great thing and I'm going to shine it and make it just so beautiful and perfect. And the landing page is going to be great. And all these videos are going to be great. And then I re- and then you realize many years ago, this happened with a course. I hadn't told anybody about it, right? I didn't actually get to the selling and sharing part. I was just trying to perfect this like (laughs) big, beautiful thing. And then when you're ready to launch, you're like, oh, wait, where's my audience? Yeah. Yeah. And I think my brother and my partner in business is my brother who actually challenges me all the time about execution versus strategy. And he always tells me, you're a guy of strategy, but if you don't execute, it doesn't matter how many strategy you have in your head. It really doesn't mean much. Uh, so that, that I think the perfectionism usually holds you back from executing things because you're waiting for just to be perfect. There's so many things you're actively involved in. So what is the why? What, what keeps you motivated and what keeps you dri- your drive now? Mm-hmm. Well, it's shifted over the years, which I think is A-OK. I don't think you need to have one single why that like carries you through all your years. Um, Instead, like when I first um, shifted from my brand strategy studio to coaching, my big why 
or what I like to say your big what for, it was peace. Like I just needed peace for myself first, and then I can take that out through my coaching. Once I found that level of peace, then you can up level to the next why. My next why was um, full expression. And I have a tool that I take my clients through to, to find what their, their why is. I call it your clear vision. What is your clear vision? Um, with full expression, it's how can I fully show up and express myself and then in turn, allow my clients to fully express themselves up level again. And right now my big why, my clear vision is to be a light for others. And, and what that really means is that the more inner work that I do to shine and reflect and truly show up authentically, the more that, that gives my clients permission and agency to do that on their own which then in turn allows them to go out and shine and uh, be authentic with others within their businesses and within their careers. So obviously today you're a leadership coach, you're you know, coaching entrepreneurs to become better leaders. And I think we all know entrepreneurs, especially when we get started, maybe you're a solopreneur, then you start adding your employees and now you just become and man, you automatically become a leader, but oftentimes you operate in the manager role because that's just how you got started. You got to manage everything. So how do you go practically from a manager mentality and mindset to that leader mindset? What, what practical advice do you have for entrepreneurs and leaders on switching to that? Yeah, I think that's, you know, one of those big leap moments where what's gotten you to where you are today is actually holding you back from where you need to be. And I, I kind of divide it up into four areas that I really focus on with my clients when they're ready to transition. Mm -hmm. And in, many of my clients have that same issue, right? They either want to go from solopreneur to their first hire, to their fifth hire, or from, um, a full-time job in a career path to an entrepreneur role, or many of my clients are just turning 30 or just mm -hmm. turning 50. So there's an interesting place to take a look. And um, the four kind of pillars that I have for building that like inner strategy is to have that clear vision, that, that big why, to have inner trust. You've got to trust yourself before you expect anybody else to trust you. Uh, how do you expand your energy? That's number three. And that's building that self-awareness and uh, really letting go of attachment and judgment. And then the fourth pillar is intuition. And I think this probably plays up into a lot of that uh, entrepreneurial mindset. When you trust your intuition and can get into that flow, and have that curiosity, then that is really what is, and trust it, then that can move you forward into that transformed leadership mindset. Yeah, none of which you described really talks about like any of the managerial skills at all. Um, all of those things that you just described. So, and, and it, it is kind of like, we are all automatically leaders in some sense, but I think operating as a leader is where I think we all I think it's also the fear, like, am I, am I really a leader? You know, like I just kind of fell into this role. So how do you practically get to those things uh, that you just described? 
what is, I was just talking to a client this morning. Oh, and um, her her job her boss was going to be offering her another a, a promotion, and she said you need to express uh, start to practice your executive skill set. And we were like, I just eye rolled. I was like, oh my god, what does that mean? Really, it just means you need to have that intuition, and then that transforms into creativity or you need to be able to trust yourself and then that transforms into clear communication. So if you want to use using um, language that suits you, right? That's what's going to work and move you forward. There's so many books out there right now on um, leadership and transformational leadership and showcasing, you know, how many more times do we need to hear about Bill Gates and Steve Jobs, right? Uh, but there's no real language around like, well, actually, how do I do that? Right? Like, what's mm -hmm. the first step? And so I would say, and this people might roll their eyes at this as well, but it's truly it's mindset. It's mm -hmm. mindset. And then simply learning to just take action from an elevated mindset outside of your uh, zone of excellence outside of all the things you actually know, which is only mm -hmm. going to keep you in the same place, but just trying and starting to practice outside of that comfort zone. And you can do that in your own personal life. And then you could also do it in your professional life, but you could start to practice at a really, really low bar. So say, for example, you are nervous about asking for uh, more money, whether that's in your career or with a client, you want to raise your prices and you're really nervous about it. You don't know what value it's going to bring. You don't know what they're going to say. And you go to the overthinking cycle in your head. And I always like to say, you know, you brought it up earlier when we're in that perfectionist mindset, we're overthinking. And when you're over anything, overthinking, overwhelmed, then you are. Like that's the, that's the point you already know. Okay, I crossed the threshold. I need to stop. <laughs> so how do you practice asking people for more money? Well, there's a couple ways. You could go ask um, for 50% off your Starbucks latte. Mm -hmm. Just ask for it, right? So you're going to notice how do you feel when you go up to the barista there and say, I know this says it's $6.27, but what if I only gave you $3 today? Mm -hmm. Right? They're going to they're gonna probably say no. But that's a-okay. You've asked. You've shown up in that place. Or you can do the opposite of, I know I forget this person's name at this moment, but he did a, a project called The 100 Days of Rejection. I think that's what mm -hmm. it was called. 100 Days of Rejection. I think it was a YouTube video. He made a YouTube video about it. Yeah, and he mm -hmm. would get, he came up with all these different practices to get rejected, to get no's. He did it with his daughter, right? I think he did it with his daughter or something. Maybe, maybe. Mm -hmm. The one I, I watched one of them the other day where he had $5 and his goal for the day was to give people $5, five people $5. And so he would video himself and he would say, hey, here's $5. Do you want $5? And they'd be like, no. <laughs> or some people would be like, yeah, sure. Right. But it, it's an interesting place simply to put yourself out of your comfort zone 
and play with how you think about money, right? Because you're really just tying your value and your worth to the money, to the piece of paper. And so it's a low grade way to practice. And then you take that leadership lesson and then apply it to your work. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it does. I mean, I think leadership, like you said earlier too, when you went to that coaching session, the vulnerability aspect of it, right? It's oftentimes as leaders, we feel like we have to have that power mode. We always need to be in control and have to have everything in order. And oftentimes that also holds us back from just being vulnerable and like admitting like, they, hey, I don't have it figured out. I need you to step in and actually, you know, solve this or fix that or guide this. Um, and I think that's a skill that oftentimes as leaders, we fail to, uh, to, to have that as a skill. Mm-hmm. 100%. So obviously you're, you know, not just only in the leadership coaching business, but you're also helping entrepreneurs build personal branding. Uh, are there any real life stories you can share of someone who actually used the personal branding and how they were able to either advance their career or build a, build a company, a much better company? Building your personal brand I'm a big believer that personal branding is really one and the same with thought leadership. It's personal and then the branding is how you do it or it's your thinking and the leadership is how you do it. And it comes back to those four pillars I was talking about earlier with that strong inner trust. I think when someone shows up from a place of that strong inner trust, then they shine that outwards It leads, so some of my clients, for example, it leads to the new promotion, that client this morning, Um, launching a podcast or writing a book. Um, One of my clients was just asked to be the leader of their diversity and inclusion group within their company. It's a big company outside of LA. Um, So I think most of my clients, well, I, you know, I can't use any names for confidentiality purposes, but they are in this moment of wanting to step into a higher level of their career or their business. And taking that inner trust to do it is what leads to these opportunities. And then being able to step into those opportunities with confidence, people see it, right? You can see somebody who's confident. And that's when they learn to trust them. And that's when they influence others. And these are all the qualities that someone with a strong personal brand or strong thought leadership has. So what practical advice do you have for someone who's you know, aspiring to do that? What, where, where do they get started? Because I know there's so many things you can possibly do, but how do they even begin to do something about it? Yes. Um, Well, this is going to sound funny coming from somebody who comes from a graphic design background, but having a strong personal brand or or a thought leadership has nothing to do with the actual design or branding, right? It doesn't have anything to do with the colors or the fonts or the layout or the design. Those things are all just beautiful add-ons and they definitely give like a clear message or intention and, and you can get into the details of those moments. But if you start with, well, how do I look? And what does it look like? Then you're probably going to end up really vanilla and boring. And people are going to mm-hmm. see right through it. That's why we see so many like sterile lookalike brands mm-hmm. where nobody really stands out from anybody. Mm-hmm. 
So instead, what I would really focus on as a kicking off point is, is that why? It's that clear vision. It's connecting mm -hmm. to your calling and your purpose and taking a stand. Because right now, the people who stand out are the ones who you clearly know what they stand for. Mm -hmm. And so when you instead like come from that place and showing up from that stand, your values, your priorities, and just consistently doing it again and again and again. And then the moment that you think people are bored with what you're saying and you're like, oh my gosh, how many more times do I have to say that I'm a light for others? Like you got to do it again and do it again. Um, because that's what's going to resonate and build those memories over time. So it's really that, again, the combination of your inner platform and then your mindset. And then how does that show up through your outer platform and just do it again and again and again and again. <laughs> yeah. And I think what you're just getting at is the authenticity, right? Just being very authentic with uh, who you are and also the messages that you are trying to convey and not trying to mimic some, someone else's success, which brings me to my question too. Basically everyone is trying to compare ourselves, you know, to Gary Vee or, you know, Simon Sinek's and all those, you know, big names that has a very big following and then every word they put out has a thousand you know likes and comments and you know you're comparing their success and trying to measure up and seeing if i'm doing is even working so what kind of success metrics should they be even looking at when they're trying to build a personal brand yeah i think you totally nailed it there so there's like gary v and he's got a certain flavor about him mm -hmm. right so there's elon <laughs> musk for example mm -hmm. or even if you start to think of you know more female leaders out there ariana huffington or mm -hmm. michelle obama have a certain flavor of their leadership and then there's the lookalikes there's the people who who are emulating them the more you do that again the more vanilla and sterile and boring everybody gets so um, I'm sounding like a broken record, but it's going back to what are you a yes for? What are you being called to do? What's your clear vision? And uh, when you stick to that and consistently show up from that place, not only is it going to transform your own relationship to leadership, it will then shine out and transform others. And I know I get, I get stuck in the comparison trap myself. For sure. And mm -hmm. I think comparison is the, the glue that keeps you stuck. Mm -hmm. And comparison is the glue that keeps you in perfectionism. And living that way and showing up from that place, it's, it's you're never going to win. You're never going to win that game. And so another place to take a look is, um, let's see here. Going back to, it's again, broken record, trusting yourself and also recognizing like what is your end all be all intention? If you're looking for like, let's say a new job and you wanna show up in this powerful way from a place of your values, your priorities, that clear vision, you only need one job, right? if that job is gonna pay for and meet the lifestyle that you want it to, to do and to create for you. You only need one job. You don't need a hundred, right? So you really just need to have like, let's say five amazing connections that is going to lead to three amazing interviews 
that's going to lead to two amazing follow-up interviews that will lead to one job. Mm -hmm. So similarly, like as an entrepreneur, Gary Vee, for example, I don't even know how many followers he has. Um, he, his, his, I don't follow him anymore. I did for a while, but it was like too brutal for me. <laughs> it wasn't my style. Mm -hmm. Um, but he is appealing to the masses, right? My guess is he's not doing any one-on-one -on -one work, but he's, so he's appealing to the masses and that brings in massive money for him. Uh, so he needs millions of people to bring in that money. Me, you know, if I had 10, 20 one-on-one -on -one clients that I love, love, love working with at a super high level. And that brings me massive joy and connects me to that intention that I set for myself and my business. Cool. Awesome. That's what I need. Mm -hmm. Right. And so yeah. it's just creating it for you and creating your intention that works for you is going to keep you laser focused on what matters most. Yeah, and I think you know what uh, to go back to what you were saying earlier too. The personal brand aspect of it is a trust factor too. Uh, nowadays, I think people want to do business with someone who put put out that um, that authority or the the subject matter expertise in everything they are, you know, wherever they appear, right? Whether it be on social platforms or in the blog that they share, everywhere else, because you do want to work with someone who is a specialist or an expert. Uh, so you feel like, okay, if I am paying them the money, I know they can deliver on their promise. Uh, so that also is really an important part of um, personal branding. Um, so obviously, you know, you, you're coaching a lot of entrepreneurs and you are an entrepreneur yourself, yourself and we all have one thing in common. We have very little of time. Um, and I'm pretty sure you, you can attest to that with you having done so many things uh, in your career. And you recently published an article that talks about an entrepreneur's best partner is time. And, and you have some hacks on how you can actually create time. So I'm curious to learn what kind of superpower do you have in creating time and what advice do you have for <laughs> entrepreneurs uh, in creating time for themselves? Yes, I do have a superpower. No, I don't. But um, yeah, so that was the article I, I published on my blog and then also in on LinkedIn articles. And this one, like, if it's not about not having enough time, then it's about not having enough money, right? It's like you get to pick which one, right? And it even comes down to when clients tell you, oh, no, I can't work with you right now. It's not the right time. Or notice like when you start to try to bargain with time. Oh, well, I'm trying to save time right now. I need to make time to do that. I need to find time. I don't have enough time. If only there was enough time. Mm -hmm. But like from a spiritual perspective, Time is just a man-made construct. Uh, we can go into that. But what I think has really worked for me is yeah. imagine that time is your best, best business partner. And that you and time are in this game together and you are both going to win. So that is first you need to determine how do I need to win at this game of my business? And what are the best qualities that this business partner is going to have to support me? So in my case, time would be creative. They would be flexible and fluid. They would keep me moving forward. Uh, if time was my business partner, I wouldn't get stuck. If I was stuck, time would be like, okay, like let's, let's move on to the next one. Let's move on to the next one. They would keep me on task. Uh, they would be forgiving. 
they would be understanding. So consider like if time was your business partner, what qualities would they have? Write those down. Mm-hmm. And then notice, how do you actually treat time? Are you always negotiating with time, trying to shorten time, trying to find it, right? My guess is you are not being a good business partner to time. So you can look at that relationship. So that's the first hack. And then how do you actually do it, like practically do it? Um, there's, I've read so many books recently about habits. It seems to be like the new trend in personal development and personal growth. So there's atomic habits. There's, oh, I just have one by Brendan Bruchard somewhere around here as well. I think it's called High Performance Habits. And then uh, Jen Serino just wrote one called I'm a Badass at Making Habits. I think (laughs) I haven't read that one yet. But in essence, what I kind of gather from all of them um, is habits work if if you actually enjoy them and they're fun. So Mm -hmm. how could you make time fun? All right. So I'm going to give you one more little example here. I have a client who wants to has lots of like a personal administration work that she wants needs to do for herself, right? Business comes first, uh, working comes first, but then you notice that all of your personal work starts to pile up. And she's currently applying for dual citizenship here in America and in India. And she also it wants to refinance her house. And then there's the laundry and then there's the shopping and then there's like living your life. Like, how do you do all these things, right? You need more time. But the mindset here is, well, I need to find time to do that. And then you start thinking about it and you notice you've actually probably wasted about a half an hour of time just trying to organize your time, Mm -hmm. right? So notice the time you're wasting in your head thinking about the things you need to do. Just Mm -hmm. go do them, right? That's that beautiful moment of when you are overthinking. Yes, you've just overthought. Now just go do the thing. Mm -hmm. Um, It would probably take, and then it's like her, her, the first idea was, well, I need like a week to do all these things. And I'm like, well, that doesn't sound like a lot of fun. And it doesn't. And it sounds mm-hmm. terrible and laborious. Well, what if it was just 45 minutes, three days a week? You just have personal admin work, 45 minutes, three times a week. You do it right before lunch. And then you treat yourself to some like amazing lunch that just lights you up and is so <laughs> delicious to eat. So there's your small win. There's your small moment, your small celebration. So start to actually use time and your environment to set you up to win those small wins. And you're going to start to notice, hey, that wasn't so bad. And hey, I'm going to do that again next Wednesday because it actually worked. And I'm starting to like chip away at that that mountain of work I have. So it doesn't sound like a lot of fun to do your laundry or to do all that personal admin work or to, I have somebody else who has to do an audit of the uh, nonprofit that she runs. (laughs) Does not sound like a lot of fun, but you just have to set yourself up uh, to create the environment that it might actually be okay, right? And then drop the overthinking and you're gonna save yourself a whole lot of time. 
Obviously, you've uh, you know coached to hundreds of entrepreneurs, and you've been through this journey of building your own business, and you've been an entrepreneur for quite some time. So, knowing what you know today, what advice would you give your younger self? I probably should have started meditating years ago. <laughs> During quarantine, that's something that I have like really taken to heart. It's like five minutes. That's not a big deal, right? Five minutes of meditation using Insight Timer which I just listen to the instrumental music and just let my mind go and not think of anything has cleared up so much cobwebs and space in my brain that ideas come more quickly and it probably is a time saver. So if I had started doing that um, many years ago, my guess is that I would have saved a boatload of time. Awesome, any parting wisdom for our, uh, our audience? Ooh, yeah. Well, as you can tell, I can go on for days and days about mindset. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's like one of my favorite things to talk about. Um, and whatever the problem or issue that you may be having or facing, it's probably a thought that you're carrying in your head that you could probably just let go. And if you let go of that thought that's blocking you, then what would be possible, right? So simply like loosening the grip a little bit on your productivity, on doing it right, on showing up in this beautiful way of having everything perfect, just loosen that grip a little bit. And then that's going to create, first off, so much time, but it will also create more ideas and space for um, innovation that will probably lead you down a path of more money and more fulfillment. So yeah, so loosen the grip a little bit and just explore what that feels like. That would be my invitation for everybody listening. Awesome. Well, Lisa, I really enjoyed our conversation. Wish you all the best with your book that's coming out very soon and also with your podcast. Uh, enjoyed your enjoyed our conversation today. Oh, absolutely. It was a lot of fun to go on this journey with you. I appreciate it. Thank you. This episode of Coffee with Closers is brought to you by One IMS, a leading digital marketing agency helping businesses win new customers. To request a free marketing ROI audit, please visit oneims.com. If you enjoyed this video, please share it. To make sure you never miss an episode, Please subscribe.